0: Come on. Come on, little Sam, get in the car. Hey, it'll be fun. Like cartoons, it'll be it'll be fun. Okay, it's so, like a game.
1: Hide and seek. I'll drive fast. Oh, all right, let's go. <laughs> ah! Right? Come on. This is hella
0: fun. This is, why don't you want to get in the car? It's a lot of fun. Get in the damn car.
2: Yeah. Denzel Washington may lose his wife, but at least there's big booty hologram robots in the future. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Future's looking good, Pappy. It's looking bright, Corey. just you and me we haven't done this since the northmen it's been a
0: while oh it's daunting i know doing a two-man podcast with pappy is tough people
2: why what does that mean
0: <laughs> you demand answers well
2: listen we'll have a lot of fun with this i just watched the creator yesterday i don't even know, do we even need to do an opening question you use ChatGPT at all let me ask that
0: fuck no 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 uh, Dolly 3. Never played around with that kind of stuff. I don't use any of that shit, bro. Hell nah. I'm a Terminator fan. You better believe I don't use that shit. I feel like
2: Gareth Edwards is a big James Cameron fan. Like,
0: I feel like there's a yeah, lot of. Yeah, dude, that's coming James through, Cameron. isn't it?
2: Yeah. There's a lot of Avatar, a lot of Terminator in this. But if you didn't guess, we're here to talk about the 2023 AI dystopian future. Original sci fi story made for less than a hundred million dollars. Been a lot of discussion about that. The creator. I want to start off with this, Corey. I want to, I want to get into the story. But are you familiar with the lone wolf and cub trope? Absolutely. Am I not a Mandalorian fan after Dude, all? It's everywhere, and I was like, kind of looking at it, and it was—I I looked at the Google uh, search history. Like, I, I can see how like how often things are Googled, and there's a huge spike for that term around the Mandalorian. I, I first heard it when Logan came out in 2017, because I've never seen Lone Wolf and Cub. It's an old comic. Do you feel there's like any kind of fatigue with this story, and maybe like I don't know? explain what this trope is and how it relates to the creator. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Fatigue. I don't know. You know, I'm maybe there we'll see. <laughs> I'm fatigued. <With> it. <laughs> what, but what Pappy's referring to here, for those that don't know, it's probably pretty self-explanatory, but it's when you have your protagonist, who's usually some form of an antihero who is the protector of a child and they have a quest Mm -hmm. And, you know, this person, the protagonist is kind of there to make sure that the kid character is safe, make sure they get from point A to B. I know I'm kind of compressing this in a very simplified fashion, but think Mandalorian season one. And that's Lone Wolf and Cub to a T.
2: Mandalorian, Logan, The Last of Us is one. And there's like usually kind of like this gruff exterior to the lone wolf person and the cub is usually cute who is our Alfie (laughs) here and usually that's why the lone wolf was like you know what at first I needed you but now I love you type story
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I think that story will kind of always be present in some form or another like it's always like what surrounds them that's different in each of these stories right Mm -hmm. like the events of Logan are ultimately different than the events of the Mandalorian, right? If you look at, like, this, what the story is, like, in terms of the specific things that occur. But I don't think this is ever going to go away. I think it's kind of always been around to some degree, just maybe not noticed until it gets, like, these big budget, big studio, mostly Disney versions, right? Mm-hmm. This is a Disney movie,
2: technically, the creator. I think Fox, uh... Produced it, which, yeah.
0: Also, Gareth Edwards, he kind of made a Star Wars, right? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? He's the credited director for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is a really great movie, in my opinion. I love Rogue One. I think it's good for people that are even anti woke Star Wars or whatever the <laughs> fuck. I think it's really good, but kind of somewhat famously, that the movie was more so, or at least partially so directed by Tony Gilroy, who went on to create the Andor show. So, like, the director duties were split on that movie. Some people say it was more Tony Gilroy than Gareth Edwards, but Gareth Edwards is the credited director.
2: Mm-hmm. So he's made Mulan Rouge 1, like we talked about. He made Godzilla. And then here he is in 2023 with a wholly original brand new sci-fi story out of whole cloth very timely too with kind of like some of the ai stuff that we were talking about chat gpt uh dolly very topical when were we
0: talking about that and we haven't talked about that
2: no, that was like kind of like the opening question I asked
0: if you use chat GPT and you said, hell no. Like <laughs> you were oh, okay. I thought <laughs> you were referring to another episode. I had to pretend like we didn't just record that minutes ago.
2: Well, listen, these will probably come out around the same time. Um, feel free to re- wish Mikey a happy birthday on this episode too, but yeah, the creator. Let's get into it a little bit. Like I said, Denzel Washington's son. John David
0: Washington. A man with a name of his own, I believe.
2: Well, okay. Listen, he's a fine actor. Would he be where he is today if his dad wasn't Denzel Washington? I think objectively not.
0: No, no, right? The answer's got to be no. Yeah. I mean, I like seeing the guy, but he is like, seems to be like really good at stoic hard ass
2: well that's what I'm gonna say he's not asked to do a Danzo washington
0: performance in this movie
2: <laughs> at all like the character of joshua is distant i would say there is some emotional range i guess towards the end but yeah i i don't know we should say this is like in, did they give a year at any point like is this explicitly said what year this takes place. Did you catch no, that? I,
0: I meant to look that up, but it's in the future, mm-hmm. which I liked that little opening, like
2: real thing that they had. It almost kind of looks like a fifties, uh, educational movie. Like the aspect ratio is different. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it talks about like the rise of robots and AI. Is, is this not related to the movie? Is this something that concerns you? Corey, like if you had a tier list of potential human extinction factors, are are you worried about the singularity?
0: It's up there, Pappy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this kind of thing. I once listened to a podcast about all the ways the world could end and it was many hours long. (laughs) And after listening to it, I really like gave up on caring about this kind of thing because it was very distressing. Yeah, you know, and this is one outcome for us as humans. You know, I, I often think about Terminator Two when John Connor says, "We're not going to make it, are we, people?" I mean, and the T eight hundred says, "It's in your nature to destroy yourselves." Think about that a lot, Pappy. Mm. Uh, and it's not just because I'm editing a Terminator episode for Big Dumb Movie, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the potential outcomes for humanity, but. I don't think about that too much. I just try to live a happy life. The people in this movie think about it a shit ton. And the That's U.S. Think government about.
2: <laughs> specifically thinks about it a shit ton. We, we should also say, if you haven't seen the creator, which I wouldn't be surprised. When I, when I saw this movie, I was the only
0: person in the theater. I don't, I don't know what your in-theater experience was like. Well, it was me. I thought I was going to be alone because I saw it pretty late. I tend to see movies... Pretty late if I'm going alone. That's what's my late? comfort zone? Yeah, what's late? Uh, like a, a show time past nine p.m. So maybe nine thirty, maybe ten, maybe ten thirty after midnight. Leaving. I, there was one other couple in the theater, mm. and then there was one guy, an older guy, who immediately fell asleep. And in a <laughs> few times that there was silence in the movie, you could audibly hear him snoring. And Good for I know him. he was asleep the whole time because when I left the theater, there he was. Knocked out in his fucking seat. So I guess this was not the movie for him, or he just needed a nap. I don't know.
2: That happened to me once. I think I told the story on the pod. The custodian of the theater
0: kicked me and said, Hey, buddy, you can't sleep here. <laughs>
2: and, like, I was like,
0: the credits were on, the lights were on. It's it's super it's like embarrassing <laughs> inside Lewin Davis when he falls asleep at the train station. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, wake the fuck up and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But like I was going to say, um, if you haven't seen this movie, it takes place. I think almost exclusively in Asia, there's a couple scenes of your hometown or hometown metropolitan area, Corey, post nuclear apocalypse LA, but this movie has a very Asian blade runner aesthetic to it. You know, and like what we, we talked about blade runner, we did a blade runner debate
0: over on big dumb movie, a lot of blade runner influences here. I think, the Blade Runner influence and like the reviews of this movie have been overblown a little bit. I'm not saying they're not there, but I just think it's slightly overblown because I think there was only a few moments when I got some like Blade Runner city energy. Yeah. Cause a lot of this is in like, um, rural areas of unknown parts of Asia. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more like, like these holy temples that have been like converted with like this kind of technology implemented within them it's like if he took like a fishing village and then like gave it like mech upgrades you know yeah you get that kind of energy more so than like the the dark and uh wet city of blade runner Mm -hmm.
2: i would say it's more like the fundamental questions that this movie is asking you know because at the end of the day this movie is about what is sentience right and that's all that john david washington the character joshua's arc is at the beginning when he's in la i think he like shoots one of the robots in the head or like chokes it out or something when it's like awake he's like it's not real it's not real it's not real but it's just programming right yeah at the end he's willing to sacrifice himself to save alfie
0: yeah and and that is actually said to him later on after he's kind of gone through his own arc right when alfie's taken away and he's Mm -hmm. fighting to get him back the soldiers are saying the same thing to him it's just programming don't worry about it it's fine
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's i don't know this movie feels almost more like like a vietnam movie in a lot of ways right And, and like one of the places i was getting huge james cameron vibes was the relentless evilness of the U.S. military. And listen, oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a stauncher, but like what's her name? Allison Janney. I think that's the actress's name. She is like just one note. Fuck these people. And so like, maybe you want to talk about it a little bit. What's the U.S. military's position on artificial intelligence in this universe? And how did we arrive there?
0: Well, we're talking James Cameron and we can't talk about this without mentioning Los Angeles is nuked in a very Terminator-style yep. way, right, mm-hmm. with, by AI. Well, supposedly
2: by AI.
0: Yeah, supposedly by AI, which changes the relationship that we, the West, have with AI. AI is, is all but outlawed in what they say the Western world, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in these Asian countries where AI is still around, but is it the... Uh, America specifically is very anti AI in this movie, anti robots. There's a few different versions of AI, right? There's what are they? There's like half robot, half people, but they're basically just like AI bodies. Mm-hmm. I forget what they call them, but you know, there's there's different levels of AI. There's some that kind of look human, but they are robots. And then there's some that just look fully robotic. Mm. But uh, yeah, they're not looked at fondly. I'll say that. Yeah.
2: So they've been blamed for the nuking of. Los Angeles we come to find out later in the movie that it was actually just some programming coding error that that led to this not not AI but I I was wondering if that had anything to do with the lack of marketing around this film Um, I'll give away a little bit of my yes or no I really liked it and I I thought it being a wholly original you know almost hundred million dollar budget sci-fi movie I didn't hear dick about this movie. Like, the only reason I I saw it was because there was usually a trailer in front of the things I would go to the theaters for. And I remember even thinking at the time, this looks like a very expensive flop.
0: Like, it just didn't feel like it had any kind of energy around it. Well, I was very excited when I saw the trailer, and it looked super fucking cool. And the movie itself also looks super fucking cool. I'm glad I saw it. It kind of reminded me of Ex Machina where I happened to stumble across the trailer hmm. and I made a mental note to see the movie and I actually followed through with it. And I'm glad that I did. I don't think this movie is as good as Ex Machina. I'll talk no. about that a little bit later, but it's one of those movies that has a really interesting original sci-fi concept. And, you know, I'm here for this kind of movie. I heard Chris Stuckman say something recently about like original movies in Hollywood You see a lot of bullshit on social media from, like, smooth brains about, like, there's no more originality. Hollywood has run out of ideas. But he articulated this in a way that I won't be able to. But (laughs) that is not a true statement. And I I know that's not a true statement. It's just that he kind of expressed it in a way that I've, I've wanted to say but didn't have the right words. It's that movies like this... They can be made, and the scripts exist, and people write these kind of things. They exist, but the Hollywood machine doesn't want to pursue these kind of movies. You know, there's only a few directors that make wholly original movies, and they're usually like big-name directors. Right. You almost have to earn that. If someone is going to try to get a movie made, it better read dollar signs to an executive. And what an executive will see dollar signs for is probably not a new idea. Which I I heard people talking about this too.
2: It's eighty million dollars, obviously a fuck ton of money, an insane amount of money to URI, right? Like an incalculable, like an inconceivable amount of money. Yet when we talk about tentpole, special effects-driven sci-fi movies, or even like. A Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie—that's
0: not Dick. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, th- Guardians Three, which came out earlier this year, the big Marvel movie of this year, or well, one of them, mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty million bucks. Three—that's like
2: that's three the creators that one movie, right? And maybe part of that is, like I said, I I actually do like John David Washington. I liked uh, Black Klansman. Um, I, I've yeah. liked him in things that I've seen him in. This movie's not anchored by like what a lot of original movie need movies need which is like star power credibility you know if that's either hey this is directed by chris nolan quentin tarantino or brad pitt plays joshua you know what i mean like it's not like there's not like an all-star cast by any means and maybe let's talk about them more a little bit so like we said joshua is an ex-soldier. I don't know if I've mentioned that already, but he's he is a soldier, I guess still. He's stationed in do you remember what they call it? Like the Republic of East Asia or something?
0: It's, yeah, it's all but it China and non distincts like China, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's deep undercover.
2: I think one of the problems that I have with this is that he seems like a pretty good dude at the beginning. He, he seems to actually kind of care about his wife who's here and he doesn't necessarily want this genocide to happen, right? Like, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I don't know, what would you describe his life like here in East Asia amongst the uh, AI?
0: Picture perfect. Hot yeah. Asian girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. or wife, I guess in his case. waifu. yeah. Uh, she's pregnant. They're going to have a kid. They live on the beach. You know what could go wrong? The nomad. That's what could go wrong. And that's honestly
2: like one of my favorite just images and ideas of this whole movie is there's this giant basically weapon of mass destruction. It's the fucking Death Star. But it looks so cool. (laughs) I love it. Like it's in the shape of like a V kind of. It's got like big wings and like a circle in the middle. And it shoots this laser down on the ground. And the laser is not the destructive force. The laser is just the targeting system.
0: That's the, like, you're fucked light, right? You see <laughs> yeah. that, and it's like you're fucked. It's like Independence Day when mm-hmm. the light comes down right right before the blast. It's like, oh, fuck. It's just this terrifying
2: presence that, you know, you would have to imagine if you lived in a country that was occupied By the U.S. military You would kind of feel this You know obviously it's not going to be a giant ship That you can see all the time But you're going to hear fucking fighter jets And all these other things happening So you know it kind of represents that But he's deep undercover Shit goes awry His wife We think Gets blown up by the nomad Yeah and unborn child You know Mm -hmm. And his unborn child And he's sent to rehabilitation back in the west coast of the United States. Did you buy the whole premise of why the U.S. military now needs him? Um, I thought there were some, like, really cool ideas, right? Like, they can scan your face and know if you're telling the truth as they're, like, doing these memory tests on him. Like, where were... Uh, where were you located? Like, where were some of these key players in the AI game? But I don't know if I fully bought, like, that they're going to recommission this guy to come back and try and figure things out.
0: Yeah. Avatar, right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, <it's>, it is. it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was fine with it. I, I do agree with you, though. There's a lot of little things in this universe that are pretty sick, right? The opening spoiler, the uh, Big Booty Hologram Dancer's <laughs> Like, Mm -hmm. the robot dancers, that's, like, a a funny thing. But also in, like, more, I guess, like, in the realm of, like, a sci-fi idea, like, the ability to, like, download a consciousness out of someone's brain, Mm. like, and then just, like, stick it in a robot just so you can, like, ask them a question after they died. You know, in some cases, it doesn't last very long, but I think this movie does introduce very great sci-fi elements. Mm -hmm. The small things in this movie, I think are better than the whole, in my opinion. Yeah. Like the, the, the story overall is flawed. And like, you're talking about this particular thing with getting Joshua, like back on the, like back in duty, essentially. Like the, the premise for that is like somewhat shaky. And then like where it goes with that is somewhat shaky, but there's just like, there's greatness underneath the surface of this movie it's it's very
2: rich right like it's a rich universe to be in the production design and cinematography itself are very rich like one of my favorite details was the u.s army has these like bomb droids of our of our own and they're like these biped explosives that will just run into the scene and like blow themselves up. Um, do you remember those? Like they, they run across the bridge oh, yeah.
0: later. Yeah, that thing's cool. It's like a mix between like that Helm's Deep Orc and, yes. like, a, and like a psychotic <laughs> R2 D2, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was thinking Helm's Deep Orc the whole time. Like it has that sort of like kamikaze <laughs> attitude towards it, like even like leaning forward. Yeah. As like, it runs. It, like
0: it has a little bit of a personality. This fucking thing, like it's ready to go, right? It's like it's, it's hopped up on like, methamphetamine and is ready to like kamikaze (laughs) itself
2: yeah just a lot of cool like little details and i also like the the consciousness downloading thing i like how it's it's also like very point in time of the person's consciousness that they're downloading and what i mean by that is like when we see alice and Janie download the the consciousness of um a fallen u.s soldier He's, like, freaking out. Like, he knows he's about to fucking die. He's, like, wanting to talk to his wife and shit. And she's, like, trying to get him to focus to give information and stuff. Just so many cool little ideas within this universe. Um, But we should get to the MacGuffin, the, the cub of this Lone Wolf and Cub story, Alfie. There's a super weapon that the United States believes exists. And maybe you could call it a super weapon... Maybe you'd call
0: it just an innocent little kid, android, trying yeah. to watch cartoons. <laughs> Depending on your perspective. Yeah. Yeah, they do set this thing up. So that Nomad is like the West's, America's, I guess, like, super weapon. And there's only one, right? Did you get that impression? There's not like... No, there's just the one. Yeah. You know, what I, what I didn't quite get is if it's like sometimes in space or just super high altitude, like it, it can seemingly go like low to high altitude very quickly, I think. I got the impression
2: that in the creator 2 there'd be like a partially built nomad that they would have to destroy, you know, like very Death Star vibes (laughs) in the sequel.
0: Now witness the firepower of this fully operational nomad. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did you think uh, Alfie was cute? Because I feel like that's a very important part of the story. She's supposed to be five years old.
0: Yeah. Cute little Asian kid, you know, just Mm -hmm. wants to watch TV and... Shut down electronics. Eat ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the kid is cute. You know, the kid is called Alfie, but before that, they refer to this weapon as Alpha-O. And they say that, you know, the only thing that can stop Nomad is this special weapon that's being developed by the AI out there somewhere in vague China area. And it's called Alpha-O. And it turns out that this is not just like a device, but rather like a very specialized new version of AI that is like a prototype, I guess. And it's this little kid. Mm-hmm. And this kid can shut down, I guess, electronic devices, which saying it out loud doesn't sound like that cool, you know? But it's like basically a walking EMP. Mm-hmm. And it's this
2: is what reminds me so much of The Mandalorian, Like, in The Last of Us, Ellie is the cure for this disease. So, like, while she doesn't have special powers, per se, she is the savior of humanity. This kid is, like, the savior of the AI robots, but it has the Grogu superpowers, right? Like, at any point, Alfie can come in and just turn the tide of a battle, you know, if Joshua's overwhelmed or things aren't looking good for the heroes, Alfie can just kind of like prayer temple, his hands and shut things down. Um, at least for a little bit of time. Yeah. I didn't, um, the, 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 relationship between Joshua and Alfie, this is one of the things I struggled with because same Joshua needs Alfie because Alfie remembers, joshua's ex-wife and does he sorry does she refer to her as mother at one point is that how joshua makes that connection do you remember yeah yeah
0: and you know at the beginning you know joshua's wife is seemingly killed Mm -hmm. but joshua is told that his wife is actually alive so that's really like his quest in this and that's what he's using alfie for rather than just surrender alfie to the military joshua kind of gets his own plan here to find his still alive ex-wife and that's what a lot of the movie is him trying to find her and mm. yes you're right alfie does refer to that being as mother because there's something that's talked about a lot in this movie it's called Nirmada in this movie which is set up at the very beginning but it's basically like the creator of ai What like basically ai god right who the person that created ai is referred to as Nirmada. And a lot of people are looking for Nirmata. No one really knows who this mysterious entity is. It's someone created AI at one point and no one knows who the fuck it was somehow. And uh, that's another thing. Like that's another element of the story. People are trying to identify and find Nirmada.
2: Well, it's a bit, and that's the problem with the movie, right? There's like two people it can be, and obviously the movie kind of wants you to think that it might be Ken Watanabe, but it's, it's his wife, right? Like who else within the context of the story would that reveal make any sense to be other than his wife? Like, I never predict what's going to happen
0: in a movie, but I was
2: like, oh, it's, it's going to be her for sure. <laughs> right. It's like, it's,
0: yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. who could it be? The guy that gets punched in the face by robots a bunch of times. Like <laughs> Yeah. You know, the guy from Ozark, certainly not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: but uh, So that's what I was going to say, though, about Alfie and Joshua. So Joshua initially has a reason to love, or or want Alfie to help him. He needs Alfie. And then, and then like with all Lone Wolf and Cub stories, he's compelled to protect her. But with all great Lone Wolf and Cub stories, there's a reason or at least a series of events that leads the protector to start actually being endeared to the cub. Right. Like you think about the last of us, Joel starts to see Ellie as a proxy for his daughter. And and in the context of the show, you know, there's a whole episode that sets up, you know, Joel's gap in his life, losing his
0: daughter. And so it totally makes sense why he he starts to see Ellie as his daughter, same age oh yeah and in the show it kind of closes it when he like rescues her and he calls her baby girl which i think is what yes. he called his daughter mm-hmm. it's like a very much like um uh tied from one to the other very mm-hmm. clearly tied i'd say in the mandalorian we see baby yoda
2: eating a bunch of cute things and just being super adorable so why not you know like why wouldn't You fall in love. I I don't know. Well, Grogu
0: rescues um, (laughs) Din Djarin from the Mudhorn. Yeah. So I I guess there's a little bit of like, you know,
2: reciprocal respect there. I don't know why Joshua starts to care about Alfie. I really don't. I mean, like it's said explicitly in the movie that it's like it might be that the consciousness of his unborn child was uploaded into Alfie, or, or that it does happen, but Alfie is such a Blank slate, nothing of a little kid, and like it's just the fact that it's this cute little Asian girl, you know. Like I, like I just didn't get enough from her to be like, oh, I buy their relationship.
0: Yeah. So I think you're getting into the, like the the main crux of the problem with this movie. Don't get me wrong, I like this movie, but I don't Same. love this movie. Same. Like when I saw Arrival, I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen is just amazing in it. Um, Oh, wait. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The other one. The good one. (laughs) I'm never going to stop referencing Arrival. (laughs) But like, this movie has some really great ideas, and it has amazing special effects, and it sets up a great world, and it has very great sci-fi touches within this world, but it needed bigger moments. This movie doesn't have enough big moments. And I mean like emotional payoffs. Mm. This movie could probably benefit from a twist at the end. Mm-hmm. It kind of fell in the rut of being a conventional sci-fi action movie at some point. Like at some point, like the, the people that were chasing down Alfie just became the villains from Avatar. But I don't think it was like that. (laughs) The whole time, I don't think it was like that the whole time. I thought, like, when they were following them, like maybe they could like get on their side a little bit. I thought it was kind of blank slate. But when I, maybe it was there the whole time. I don't know. At some point, I realized that they were just one-dimensional villains, and Mm. that really fucking bothered me. Well, I guess Alice and Janie does have that one speech. Maybe you're right. Doesn't she
2: have one speech on the flight over to Asia, where she's talking about how her son died in the war? Yeah. Maybe that just gets lost in a two-hour movie. But you're right. At some point, they just become so cold and so single-mindedly obsessed with, like,
0: wiping out the AI that, that, I don't know, their
2: characters' as people are lost.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really just kind of, like you said, gets very Avatar-ish in that way. I think there, this movie could really be great, like, if it was just slightly different. Mm. One thing I think is that the dystopia needs to be a little bit more bleak. Yeah. It's not a great world they're in, but, like, there's a moment that is, like, like five seconds long. And if they had more moments like this, it would be a little bit more, like, I think, emotionally moving. There's a moment when they go to this, like, warehouse, and I don't remember the context completely, but there's, like, a bunch of, like, robot bodies that are still, quote, alive, that are, like, in this trash compactor.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: they're, like, trying to crawl out of it, and they're just getting crushed.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: fucking haunting. They use that in the trailer because they know that that is a way to, like, it's it's a way to get you interested. It's it's a little bit of, like, a emotionally um, moving. And mm-hmm. I think they need more moments like that. They need a little bit of Snowpiercer in this to kind of pull you in all the way. Well,
2: I was going to say, even just give Joshua like a new friend, right? Like it doesn't, it don't, it doesn't have to be a romantic companion, but send him over with another person and have Alfie save that person. Or we see Joshua lose someone else and Alfie becomes like a proxy for like that relationship. It's just so, it's just so static. And the adventures that they go on are so like, one note yeah they are and like another thing that you'll see a lot and like i I don't think anybody else has ever pointed this out but like almost always in one in lone wolf and cub stories at some point the the duo meets up with a female character who starts to act as like a nurturing presence oh god for for the cub right like I don't know. I'm thinking like Arya and the Hound. Um, I think it happens too in Last of Us. Like this happens with uh, the android who offers her ice cream. Yeah, you know, and it's like you get it for like a second, but like Joshua doesn't care about her. You know, I guess he likes his friend. I mean, just his friend's fuckbot. Yeah, that's. They were definitely like actually doing it, right? Like, what do you think that? that looks like is it like p and digital
0: v or what's actually happening here <laughs> how do they get down yeah i don't know man i think it's like all human like parts except for like the back of their head so <laughs> it's they all did. good you know <laughs> all the other details are there they just left yeah. out the ears. <laughs>
2: another thing i don't want to bring up and maybe this is more like a, a final thoughts thing but their journey that they go on lacks like any levity or like anything that's outside of like super self-serious drama or action basically like the, the one joke that i can think of in the entire movie maybe two there, there's one where that like female robot says something about Uh, Or like Alfie says, I want freedom for all robots. And the woman's like, Well, I was thinking more like what flavor of ice cream? She's like, We don't have that in the freezer. Also, very a James Cameron joke. Like that's something James Cameron would think people think would be funny. But then, (laughs) then there's also the fucking dog grenade scene. Do you remember that? Where there's like a grenade. What a good boy. That shit's so
0: stupid, Corey. There's
2: That's, like, so dumb, right? There's like, actually
0: two scenes where animals turn the tide of a battle.
2: The monkeys are cool. I like the monkeys. Okay. <laughs> I will go to bat for the monkeys.
0: The action in it, like, there's, like, a big scene later with, like, this, like, giant fucking tank. And I love the idea of that, like, giant fucking tank. Like, it's like something straight out of StarCraft. Like, it's so fucking cool. But, like the cool elements in there, like this kamikaze robots and the giant take they're there, Mm -hmm. but like, there's not enough good story moments in there. Like the story stuff kind of starts to get stale and repetitive. I'd say like, you know, the movie is, is spectacular visually. And like all for the world building enough to kind of carry it over the line to being a good movie for me. But I just wish there was more like it. It needed a little bit more darkness here and there, and just some like some story cleanup. Like I think it would have been good if there was more like I don't know humans showing up and like stomping the heads of like a robot baby, not necessarily a human looking one, but like a fully robotic one. You know, so so you can kind of feel for it, but it doesn't like it's not like gore or anything. I, I think it needed more gut punches. This movie, I think that would have helped,
2: and I, and I think like like I said, even just more. I don't know, like, Alfie does something silly that makes Joshua laugh. You know, I know that's like, okay, you're describing the Mandalorian or or something, but, like, just something that, like, endears him on, like, multiple emotional levels other than he has this whole character arc because, oh, that's, like, the consciousness of my unborn son. You know, it's like he doesn't actually make a change in the way that he feels about AI or, like, you know... These beings, these conscious beings, the only reason he feels any differently is like that was his kid, you know, and and like he's willing to sacrifice for his kid, but he hasn't come around to you know these things are deserving
0: of life yeah that that like realization is not meant in a and it it's not met in a heavy moment, and it probably should have been
2: what do you think about the um how the movie kind of wraps up it's very. I don't know. Like there's some elements of like, okay, if once you blow up the nomad, it's like blowing up the Death Star.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's pretty Star Wars, right? They, they kind of get there like one shot. And, um, I think somewhat as expected, Joshua doesn't make it right. He has to stay behind while the, the nomad is blown up and Alfie escapes, but barely, There's a little bit of a setup with, like, bringing back the consciousness of his dead wife into an AI.
2: Alfie? Did Alfie do that? Is that what happened?
0: Yeah, Alfie set that up. Alfie, like, download. Alfie had the USB stick and then found a a likeness robot, a blank slate robot that looked Mm. like uh, the the wife, Maya. And, you know, our hero finds it eventually and has, like, a, a warm embrace, but there really should have been more to that as well. If they were even going to do that. Mm -hmm. I totally missed Alfie, like downloading that
2: part of her consciousness. And I I don't know how I just didn't see that in the movie theater, but like, I was like wondering how now that blank slate robot had all the memories of his wife. But that that makes total sense. I kind of liked the, um, the set piece of Joshua when he was on those giant missiles Right, that were being sent down to Earth. Like it's a little I don't know, it's a little dumb and it's a little like perfect timey that Alfie's able to disable it, like right when his is about to shoot out. But just like from the visual perspective itself, like seeing the nomad like load these missiles up into its chamber and Alfie's like in, you know, a low level of the atmosphere. or sorry, Josh was in a low level of the atmosphere. Trying to hang on, like that. it just looks so cool.
0: Oh yeah, that aspect of it, along with many of like the creative choices in this movie, are just great. Mm-hmm. Like creatively, this movie's a masterpiece. A hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Even like where he embraces his wife, right? Like in that like plant field on the nomad, you know. And it's like it, it it feels like Earth, and it almost looks like where they were falling in love in like East Asia or whatever. It's like it doesn't feel. If you put that exact same scene in, like, a sterile environment, right? Like, just some, like, spaceship hallway within the Nomad, it wouldn't hit the same way. But the fact that they put it in this, like, garden area really works.
0: Oh, yeah. It looks great. It's like the greenhouse of the Nomad, right? Presumably, like, how they generate their oxygen if we're going off sunshine rules. What do you think about the runtime? Could have, Would you want it shorter or longer? Or the extreme option, HBO miniseries? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we had a miniseries, we might be able to flesh things out in a more coherent way. Um, But, you know, it's a little bit over two hours. What is it, 2.15? I think so, yeah. 2.15 works for me for a a sci-fi movie like this. You know, if it was shorter, we wouldn't get as much of what makes this movie good, which is the world. I'm glad we got to see this world, because it's truly an incredible world. You know what my favorite... Like
2: set or set piece location was was hmm. the um tibet like the fucking um monk ais like the, the like these robots have found buddha basically yeah. <laughs> like that's just so funny i just love the look of that like whole temple or whatever i thought that was awesome
0: oh yes yeah, it's, it's beautiful so many beautiful locations in this movie right like these weird AI robotic monasteries. Like, it's it's such yeah. a great look that you see throughout, like, so many sets. And it looks like this was, you know... It was somehow this all looks real, but it's not, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. you can tell there was, like, location filming, and they somehow took, like, more care with the special effects in this movie than I see in, like, other more major movies, which I don't know how that's possible. Which...
2: I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll get into final thoughts here now. But it's just when you said that Guardians Three cost what is it like three two hundred and fifty million? Yeah, th- three the creators. What a fucking opportunity cost <laughs> that we live in. You know, because like the creators so close to being a great movie, and I'm so happy that I saw it. I'm so happy it exists. But like, if you make three creators. One of them might end up being fucking Terminator or Avatar. Could be. It could be. Like it could be your bajillion dollar movie, that, like that you could make. I, I don't know. That's my biggest takeaway from it. But do you have any other uh, final thoughts? And we didn't talk about. No. Do you like the monkeys? Turning the tides of battle.
0: Uh, more than the monkeys in uh, Indiana Jones and uh, the <laughs> Shia LaBeouf one. Yeah. All right. Much preferred. That. Yeah.
2: All right, let's go uh yes or no. I'll uh I'll actually go pretty hard yes. And I think it's a good movie. I am so glad that I like went to the movie theater to see it. I'm glad I got to experience it there. I think the story would be like a soft yes, middle of the road, maybe soft no. But it was just such a fun Actually, no. I wouldn't say fun. It was such an interesting world to spend time in. The story is a little bit joyless. I wouldn't describe it as fun at all. But I was like constantly entertained by a lot of like the small details in the movie and in the world building that it does. Like, there's one throwaway shot of a monk robot petting a cat. (laughs) It's just so like it's it's a nothing shot but I just fucking loved it and it made me smile. Um, I wish we lived in a world where more of these kind of movies existed. Yeah. But unfortunately it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And I think that the creator at this point is now kind of looked at like a box office failure, which is just really too bad. Um, I fucking love this movie. I'm, So glad that I saw it. I I fucking love might be a hard word. I'm so glad that I saw it. I'm fucking glad it exists. And I'll give it a, yeah, a hard yes on
0: that pretense alone. Well, I will give it a regular yes because the movie has greatness and it's, it's so close to being a great movie. Some minor changes and it could be, I'm not the guy to say what exactly those changes should be but i know that for me like the ones that stick with me like the sci-fi great movies like um uh, arrival snowpiercer moon sunshine moon. terminator 2 they have something that this movie just doesn't quite have like i i mentioned the term like gut punching moments and each one of those does and i can name a moment for each of them like I said earlier, I think the movie could benefit probably from a twist at the end because, again, it does fall in this kind of run-of-the-mill type story, and it starts to get predictable, and it starts mm-hmm. to lose you because of that. But the, where the movie is successful is the world building. So I, I think it's good for that, and it should be watched for that. It's a good movie, right? But it's just not a great movie.
2: I think that's fair. and I think, like I said, part of my enthusiasm in the yes was just, I'm just glad this isn't another Marvel movie. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I would rather watch three of these than one of Guardians. But, Corey, we don't do this very often. Just the You and Me
0: podcast. Yeah, Um, man. It was great potting with you. I'll talk to you later.
2: Yeah, we did two podcasts. Do you want to plug your podcast? before you go oh
0: okay i thought that was my fake uh, stage right exit all right well, if <laughs> yeah go, you can go <laughs> well as spoiler man will say i have a podcast called big dumb movie and you also check it out because it's pretty fun 100 episodes episode 100 available soon or now
2: well listen to that thank you for listening to this and that was spoilers
1: Special thank you to our patrons Matt Troll, Brother Brian, Druid King, Nick, the Meg, Nurse Stacy, the Wolf, oh, oh, oh. Barky 420, PK, Spencer. Gale, Swole, Cheese Zombie, Sebastian, Dr. Lars. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoilerman, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big dumb movie. Our email is spoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, Click on our orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. That was spoilers.